Tim and the Malloy family for uh, helping lead us in uh, worship today. Uh, Dan's out, so it's great to have Tim leading us. Thank you. I uh, want to welcome our uh, internet folks, uh, internet campus. Glad that you guys are uh, joining us uh, by way of internet. Hopefully you'll uh, get connected in your uh, chat room there on the internet, and so we're glad to have you folks uh, uh, with us this weekend. Take your Bible, if you would, and turn with me to Philippians, the third chapter. Uh, we're going to start in verse 7 and uh, look, at, uh, look at some of what Paul has to say to us there. Uh, and it is Valentine's Day, as we said. Also, it's Single Awareness Day. I don't know if you got that memo. But that's a, a thing as well. So uh, uh, I was in the, in the first service, right before the service, there was this guy. Uh, uh, some of you know him, and so I'm going to throw a name out. Some of you might not know him, but uh, he's a funny guy, uh, Bump Enders. And so he, his wife was talking to me, and she said, well, Bump said to me, you know what? It's Valentine's Day, and they've been married like 28 years or something. He said, uh, we ought to just go to the store and go in the aisle where all the cards are. And uh, we'll, we'll find a card, we'll exchange it in the, in, the, in the aisle there, we'll each read it, and then we'll put it back and save ourselves 10 bucks. So uh, I hope that that's not a thing for you. Do not listen to him for advice. So, uh, uh, but we can kind of sometimes get a little stale in our relationships and in our, uh, in our um, whether it's a marriage, whether it's a friendship, whether it's a family, and we can kind of get stale in those relationships with people. There's this old boy, he, uh, uh, his wife was kind of upset because he never really showed much, her much affection, never really told her that he loved her, any of that kind of stuff. And so uh, somebody was asking him about it, and he said, well, you know what, the way I figure it, uh, we were married 55 years ago, and 55 years ago, I told my wife I loved her, and if anything changes, I'll let her know. <laughs> now, I hope that's not you either, okay? Uh, that won't play well. Um, Chris and I, we had the privilege of being at a pastor's, uh, kind of deal, pastor's and wives thing this week uh, down south, and so we on our, we're on our way back, and I'm, uh, if you're around me very long, I like to have things kind of in order and planned out, and so I was, um, the night before we were on our way back home, we had talked about taking an extra day kind of as we travel back home. And so I was online and Crystal's like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I'm fine. I'm kind of trying to figure out where we're going to go and what we're going to do on the way home. And she's like, why do you have to always be that way? And so, you know, always have to have something planned out or whatever. So, you know what? Uh, that, was my, that was my little note to self. Okay, I don't need to do this. Uh, this is supposed to be some Crystal and I kind of time. So I shut my computer and I decided we're just going to fly by the seat of our pants like Crystal enjoys. Uh, because sometimes you just kind of gotta gotta do those things when you're in relationships you can't take the other person for granted you can't take that relationship for granted but you know what spiritually we can do that kind of thing as well spiritually we can take our relationship with God for granted we can kind of allow that relationship to get stale and in this uh, series we've been in called Downpour. We've been talking about revival, talking about renewal, talking about what it looks like for us to, uh, to, to just keep seeking after God and to ask him by the power of the Holy Spirit to just continue to pour himself out into us. And so we don't want it just to happen as a result of some series, but we just want to continue in this year to seek after God for revival and renewal. We want to press in after God. We want to seek and, 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 and strive for just deeper intimacy with God. And there's a guy in scripture that understood that, that got that, and that I'm sure can help us today 
a guy by the name of Paul, and he wrote a letter to the church at Philippi. And in this letter, he draws some points, he he makes some points, and we're going to draw those out of of, of this text that we're going to read. And then we're going to end up, and I'm just going to give you some, after we draw some things out of the text, and I'm going to just kind of end up giving you some, what I hope is very practical advice to help you as we seek together to continue to uh, sustain the revival and renewal that uh, I know many of us are experiencing in our lives. And so let me read the first few verses. We're going to start in verse 7 of Philippians chapter 3. And this is what the Apostle Paul says. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes, uh, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. Now, if you were to look at the first few verses, starting there in verse 7, and just read those first uh, two or three verses, uh, I want you to kind of think about as you kind of read those, how many times do you see the word Christ mentioned, or some reference to Christ, or some pronoun about Christ? How many times do you see that in these first two or three verses? Six different occasions, you see, that Paul is talking about Christ, or him, or the Lord Jesus uh, in, this, uh, in these first few verses, if you look on in the next uh, verses that we'll then read later, you see he, can, he continues to talk about Jesus, Jesus, Jesus in three verses, six different times. What we see in that is, is that here is Paul, and Paul's supreme chief goal in life was getting to know Jesus. Was loving Jesus, getting to know Jesus, living a life that glorified Christ. Paul, if you... Think about what he's doing here as he, as he pins these first few verses here in this letter to this church in uh, Philippi, these fellow believers here in Philippi. I want you to notice what he's doing. He's talking about, he's going back and talking about the relationship that he has with Jesus Christ. A relationship that if you go back and you look from, from that time on, uh, there was an experience that Paul had where he, uh, where Jesus appears to him and it's kind of his cool experience on what was called the road to Damascus. He has this experience. Where he crosses the line of faith and he puts his faith in, in Christ. And you see him following Christ after the point. That was 30 years ago. And yet here he is in, in, this, uh, in, in, in this letter to the church in Philippians, uh, Philippi 30 years later. And how is he talking about Jesus? Is there some stale relationship? Is there some, some old relationship? Is there some, some uh, half-baked uh, stale something going on he is vibrant in his walk with christ he's talking about this experience that he had 30 years ago and he is still in love with jesus and we can learn something from paul so let's kind of draw out this first thing as we think about sustaining the downpour sustaining revival and renewal in our life what can we learn from paul who had a 30-year track record of sustaining the renewal and revival in his own life first thing we see from paul is that we need like him to revisit the gift of the gospel paul's revisiting the gift of the gospel here that's a great place for us to continue to to hang out is, is going back and, and remembering what Jesus Christ did for us. Remembering our life before Christ, but then remembering who Jesus is and the difference that Christ made. 
uh, Paul in the verses just before the ones we started out in verse 7. We look in verse 4. He, he talks about himself. He talks about his, uh, his past before he came to know Christ. And this is what he said about himself. He said, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Some of you have some real confidence in who you are in this world. Real confidence, even apart from Christ, and, and about your leadership abilities, and your family, and your upbringing, and all those things. And Paul begins to list those. He says, he says I, I've had, I have reason to have that kind of confidence. In fact, I have more, he said. So I was circumcised on the eighth day, which means he was a follower of the Jewish law. He says, I was, a, I was of the people of Israel. I was of the tribe of Benjamin. It was a very important tribe within the, within the Jewish uh, uh, family. He said, I was a Hebrew of Hebrews. As to the law, I was a Pharisee. They were the ruling body of the, of the Jewish people. So he had a very important job, very important role, a very important leadership role. He says, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, which got him a lot of points with the higher-ups. They were in positions of authority over him. As to righteousness under the law, I was blameless, he says. So he was a very religious guy. If anybody had confidence to think that when I stand before God, I have, I have some great confidence because of, well, because of my heritage, because of my background, because of how religious I am, because of all the good things that I do. But yet, what does Paul then say next? What's he say in verse 8? I count it all loss compared to knowing Christ. When I think about that life, when I think about who I was apart from Christ, I count it all loss. In fact, if he goes on, he says, I count it all rubbish. Some of you have some different translations that you've looked at. Maybe it's on, a, on your phone or your Bible that you have with you today. That Greek word is kind of an interesting word. It's translated here in the ESV as rubbish. He's talking about it's rubbish, it's filth, it's dung. There's other crude words that we could use. And Paul was using a very crude term. As, as, as the people are reading that, it was probably a little bit of a shock to see him write in such crude terminology. But he wanted to shock them into understanding that apart from Christ, my life was worthless apart from Christ. But now I've come to know Jesus. And 30 years later it's still key in my life and so when we think about what does it look like for us to sustain the revival the renewal the downpour in our lives we like Paul need to continue to just reflect on and remember and to celebrate and to revisit the gift of the gospel the Westminster Catechism has its first question they just ask a bunch of questions they ask and answer these theological kind of questions that help you kind of know what you believe or what does the bible say about certain topics and and on the idea of what is man's chief aim or what's man's big purpose in life this is the answer that uh that westminster catechism gives the answer is this as to what is man's most important purpose in life is this man's chief end or purpose is to glorify god and enjoy him forever so to glorify god and to enjoy him forever what if we change just that one little word what if we change the word and to buy 
What if we change it to, to, to say that man's chief aim, man's chief purpose is to glorify God by enjoying him forever. Not and enjoy him forever, but by enjoying him forever. That, that the most important thing that we could do is to enjoy our God. To live our lives in such a way that we, that we loved him and enjoyed him. If we go back to the text, that's exactly what Paul was saying. Look at verse 8. He said, indeed, I count everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. There's nothing, he said, that compares to knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Because the surpassing worth of Christ. So there it is. Enjoying his Savior. And so, again, to sustain revival, to sustain, sustain renewal, to sustain... Sustain downpour in our lives, we like Paul need to continue to celebrate the gospel and how the gospel has impacted our lives. Now, there's some of you today that you're here, and maybe you're online with us, or maybe you're here in the room with us, and you've been on a pursuit of God. You've been kind of thinking about God, and you are not maybe in a, that relationship yet. And so today, I want to encourage you to hear the words of Paul. That hear the, 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 the words and how he talks about his Savior. And, and today I would invite you into that kind of relationship with a God that loves you so much that he sent Christ for you. Paul understood how much his God loved him. And he's celebrating that in this moment after 30 years, nothing was stale about his relationship. And so as, again, as we seek to sustain, seek to sustain the revival, the renewal, the downpour, we need to regularly go back and revisit the gift of the gospel of Jesus. And so Paul understood that, 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 that we, he never allowed it to get old. Now, let's go back to the text. Look at verse 12. In verse 12, he, he goes on to say, now that I have, Not that I have already obtained this, or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. And I just love Paul's humility here. Paul's transparency as he just kind of talks about uh, who he is. If anybody could have got a, had a big head about, what, uh, about being a great leader and about accomplishing great things for God, it could have been Paul. I mean, Paul was what was looked at as the key leader of the New Testament church. It's like everywhere where Paul went and, and tried to help plant a church, it's like he had the Midas touch spiritually. And just great things happened and lives are changed and lives are transformed and miraculous things happened. And, and, and if anybody could have some confidence in, in the great job of, of who, uh, who he was as a follower of Jesus Christ, it could have been Paul. But notice what Paul said. We see humility that we don't often see in our world. And Paul says, you know what? I'm not quite there yet. He says, I'm not perfect. And if we're going to sustain revival in our lives, we secondly need to learn, like Paul had learned, that we need to humbly accept that we have not arrived. What does Paul say? He says, I'm pressing on. I'm striving to become more and more like Christ. But, I'm, but he says, I'm not there yet. I'm not, I'm not perfect, he says. And we need to live with that humble reality that, that at times in, in, in our lives that we're going to have issues and we're going to have weaknesses and, and, and we're going to blow it. There's going to be areas that we need to continue to grow in. There's going to be different forms of brokenness that we might have in our lives. And like Paul, we need to acknowledge that we're not perfect. 
And our world needs to understand that as well. Too often I think that we kind of act like that we've got it all together and we're totally perfect and we never mess up, we never blow it. Someone on the outside of the church, sometimes we kind of convey that. and We don't do it intentionally maybe, but but there's that kind of that, that unwritten idea sometimes that, well, I need to get my life cleaned up before I can come be a part of that church. And we don't at all want to convey that. We want this to be a place that, that where broken people can come, but where, where people that are struggling with stuff, that people are, that need to, to, to work on some things that, that aren't there yet, that they are welcome and they're loved on and they're encouraged to, again, be loved enough not to stay where they are, but to allow Christ to help them to grow and mature and become more and more conformed to the image of Christ. That's what we're about here. And so like Paul, we need to have a humble reality. You know, I'm not, I'm not quite there yet. And as we have that attitude, we live with that attitude, that is a recipe for sustained growth and revival and renewal because we're continuing to ask ourselves the question, God, is there something else I need to work on? Is there some, some area of my, my life that I need to continue to grow in? As we've talked over the last several weeks in this, in this series, we've talked about revival, we've talked about renewal we talked about the reality that that confession and uh, conviction are key things that need to happen in our lives if we're going to experience and have our lives open to revival and renewal then we need to ask ourselves the question god is there anything that i can turn over to you anything that where i've been messing up where i need to grow in conviction confession is key and this reminder that paul gives us is where he says i'm not perfect is a good reminder for us as well. And then when God points out some of those imperfections, that we, like Paul, continue to strive towards that growth, strive toward being more and more like Christ. Let's go on. What else does he have to tell us? Look at the second part of verse 13 as we go on. He says, but one thing I do. He says, you know what? I'm not going to act like I'm perfect. I'm not going to do that. But he says, but one thing I do. Forgetting what lies behind, And straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So I don't act like I'm perfect. I don't do that, he says. But here's the one thing that I do. I strain. I strain forward to what lies ahead. Paul was a, he was a one thing guy. He said, there's this one thing that I do. A lot of things I don't do, but this one thing I do. I passionately pursue a greater knowledge of Christ. That's what he's telling us. I forget uh, what, 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 what lies behind and I strain for it. I press toward the goal. And I love that, that, that picture that he gives, that, that running illustration really is what he's, what he's doing. It's the, the image of a, of a runner that's straining toward the, the, the goal, straining toward the finish line, straining to, to win the prize of that race now if you're racing especially if you're doing sprints you can't win a sprint if you're looking at where the other people are uh racing you're racing against if you're uh doing long distance stuff i kind of got into the kind of age where i kind of gave up the running part and i just walk a lot 
Um, and so, but I remember those times when uh, the, I've had those occasions, and maybe if you're a runner, you've done that too, where, where you kind of look behind at something, and you, have you ever accidentally stumbled and like fallen because you were like turned trying to look behind you? And that's what Paul is saying. You, if you're going to win the race, you can't do that. You can't keep straining backwards. You need to strain forward. You need to think about the goal. Think about the future. Think about the, the prize. And there's some powerful words that are translated it's translated straining forward, pressing on, he says. And so what is he pressing towards? What's he straining for? He, said, he, he describes it, the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So in other words, if we're going to sustain revival, sustain renewal and downpour in our lives, we, like Paul, need to passionately pursue a greater knowledge of Christ what he's saying i want to become more and more like christ i want to be more and more like jesus that was that was his lifelong adventure after 30 years this is why he's still talking this is what i want he says and so what's going to sustain the downpour a deeper understanding of jesus not being content on some experience that i had 20 years ago or 30 years ago or two months ago or two weeks ago. And we're not always going to be up on some mountaintop experience. That's not what I'm, I'm saying that we strive for. But I want to, in ever-increasing ways, I want to strive after, I want to press toward the goal of knowing Christ and passionately pursue that greater knowledge of Him. Let me give you a couple questions that maybe were helpful to you to evaluate how you're doing and what you might do. As Paul, he, he talks about there's one thing I do. And so what would it look like if you, like Paul, pursued that one thing that would help you to sustain and renew yourself continually through this year? What would that look like? And so what would, what, what's one thing that you could change? And you could maybe look at it from the negative. What's one thing that you could get rid of? Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 talks about that we, that we run and we throw off the things that so easily entangle us. So what's maybe one thing, as you, if, you, if you focused on Christ, and if he was the one thing that you're trying to focus on, and, and you wanted to grow in your intimacy and growth in him, what's maybe one thing that you could get rid of? Maybe some sin, some habit, some whatever that's getting in the way. What's the one thing you might get rid of? Or from the positive, what's one thing that you could do in order to strive after, to strain for Christ, to passionately, passionately pursue a greater knowledge of Jesus? What would the one thing you could do to make that happen? Let's go back one more time, one final time to this text and look at verse 14. And Paul says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. We just read that. We read it again. And what we see in that 14th verse is some verbiage that he had used in verse 12 as well. He, he's talking about, I press toward the goal. I press to take hold of it. And then he uses some wonderfully uh, rich gospel kind of phrase when he says, because I, and he, you know, strange toward that goal, I press on toward that goal because I have been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. He's talking about the grace that has taken hold of him. And I press on toward that goal because I have been grabbed by Jesus. I've been taken hold of by Jesus. 
And so the final thing that I would say to us that will help us to sustain the revival and renewal in our lives, like we see in Paul after 30 years, is that we, like him, can never lose the wonder of the gospel. Never lose the wonder of the gospel. After 30 years. He wasn't dry. It wasn't stale. He's still pressing on, straining towards this, 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 this upward call. And, and what he says is, I've been taken hold of by Christ. And so do you remember the time? You remember the time that, that, that before you uh, crossed that line of faith, before you came into a relationship with Christ? Do you, do you remember that time? Do you remember that time that, that, that God was working, the Holy Spirit was working, that, that he was convicting, that he was compelling you, that he was drawing you? Do you remember those days? Do you remember those days before Christ? And then do you remember the time? And for some of us, it was kind of a gradual kind of time over, over, a, over a period. For others of us, you can remember the day. And for some of you, that day is today. For some of you, you get that sense that, that God is at work, that, that maybe, just maybe, this, this relationship with God that you've been exploring, that you've been thinking about, even though you don't understand everything, that there's an openness, and you, and you, you have that sense. Maybe your palms are sweating, or your, your heart's kind of beating a little bit, where you, as we begin to talk about it, you recognize that the Holy Spirit is working in you. Maybe there's some conviction and some realization. There's some things in your life that you need to, that you need to confess, and you need to repent of as you, as you enter a relationship that's going to be life-changing and life-transforming for you. And for Paul, he never forgot that day for him. I've been taken hold of, and I press on, he says, toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. He never lost the wonder of the gospel. I've been enjoying some worship music by uh, Bethel Church, in, uh, so Bethel Music, and you can go online, you can check it out. Uh, you go on Spotify, it's one of the, my Spotify channels, I love uh, Bethel Music. Um, and there's a song that they do called Wonder. Let me just kind of share just a couple lines from this song, Wonder. May we never lose our wonder, wide-eyed and mystified. May we be just like a child, staring at the beauty of our King. I love those words. May we never lose our wonder, wide-eyed and mystified. May we be just like a child, staring at the beauty of our King. And friends, we need to make sure that we never lose the wonder of the gospel. And whether it's a marriage kind of relationship or a dating kind of relationship where we say to our spouse, you know what, let's just go to the store and we'll each read a card, we'll exchange them, and then we'll put them back and we'll save 10 bucks. How romantic is that? That's probably not the same Thing, the same way that that that, that, that individual had uh, you know the things that they had done to woo that person to to help that person to 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 fall in love with them it's probably not the same kind of thing and if we if we if we as we think about our relationship with God we need to go back to those days and remember back and never lose the wonder of the gospel and that's what we see in Paul we lived in uh, Middletown Ohio and we were youth pastors there and um this was uh, before Jacob was around, but Caleb was just, he had just started walking. He wasn't very old at all. And we lived in the parsonage. And the parsonage, uh, if you don't know what that is, a parsonage is just a house that uh, pastors who have no money, the church owns it, and they let them live there. And so I lived in the parsonage 
uh, at, the, at the church. And so um, uh, Chris and I and, and, and Caleb at the time, came before Jacob came along, and, and we were going out to the garage, and the garage had several steps down, three or four steps down into this garage. And, and so Caleb was in front, and Chris was behind him, and then I was bringing up the rear. And as Caleb was walking out into the garage, uh, and again, he hadn't been walking that long, he trips, and he was... Uh, he kind of was hurtling headfirst into that into that garage down those steps. He's going to hit face first onto that concrete floor. And and some of you husbands, you have seen your wives kind of jump into cheetah mode, where they like move like with the speed of light, and uh, you know the sound uh, barrier just boom. And as they are moving, I don't know what. Uh, happens to them in that moment there's something superhuman that happens and so she does this this miraculous cheetah move where she just swoops him up and and he was as he was falling it had startled him so he was crying and then her grabbing him in this this awesome move was pretty sweet as well but it really scared him and and so he just latches hold of her puts his arms around her neck and nuzzles into her into her shoulder and he's just bawling crying He didn't even fully understand what he'd been rescued from. But his mom had saved him. He didn't want to let go. And he just cried as he hung on to her with everything that he could. And that's the way that we need to hang on to our Savior. Who has snatched us up when we have, have crossed that line of faith and put our faith in Christ that, that he swoops in and he grabs us up and we don't even fully comprehend what he has saved us from as we are going headlong toward destruction. But, but Christ has come up and come into our lives and may we never lose the wonder of our Savior. May we never lose the wonder of what Christ did for us. That we have been delivered from death. The destruction that would have been ours has now been uh, mitigated because of what Christ did for us. May we never lose the wonder of his rescuing love for us. Now let me conclude with just some real quick, some practical kind of things that hopefully will be helpful to you. Some suggestions as we try to put into practice what Paul is saying. We try to continue to strive for revival and press on toward renewal and growth and, 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 and that upward call of Christ Jesus our Lord. The first thing practically that I would suggest would be that we develop a system as a self-feeder. Now if there is anything I love to do uh, in life, it's to stand up and to have the privilege, the absolute, and I see it as my absolute privilege to study God's word, to have the, the privilege of opening up God's word and, and helping us to, to grow and, to, and, to, just, and to, to stand in awe and wonder of God. And that's, that's, I love doing that, but you cannot totally just rely on me spiritually. If you want to, to, to plumb the depths of, of Christ and God and the power of the Holy Spirit alive in you to find renewal and revival, then you must figure out a way. To develop some kind of system as a self-feeder. So what can you do? What can you do so you can, you can not just rely on some individual or some teacher for your spiritual development? And so 
What's it look like for you to have some times where you are in God's Word and you're reading the Bible, you're praying, you're meditating on Scripture? We, every uh, quarter, we give you uh, devotions and we hand them out at the door and there's some that are scattered around the church. And so we do that because we want to be helpful to you. Last weekend, a number of you uh, got a little guide, a prayer guide that we uh, wanted to put in your hands. It's helpful between now and, and Easter. So we want to help provide things for you. But what else can you do? There's, there's apps, there's audio books, there's Bible, there's all kinds of things that you can do. So look, seek out some opportunities to develop a system to be a self-feeder. And if you never start, it'll never happen. So start somewhere. And so maybe you could just commit to, okay, 10 minutes a day in the morning before everything gets started. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open up God's Word and maybe the book of John or the book of James would be great places to start. And so you just uh, begin to read. And when you find something that kind of strikes you, then, then just kind of think about it and pray about it and ask God, how can I apply that to my life? And God, what are you trying to say to me? And just have an interactive conversation as you're reading God's Word. And then spend about five minutes in prayer. It's a place to start. And some of you are way beyond that. But some, some of us, it's not gonna, we're not going to be able to carve out an hour on day one. So start somewhere develop a system as a self-feeder the second thing that i would throw out practically would be to leverage the body of christ uh, we're not a perfect church i'm your pastor so you're never gonna be a per- we're never gonna be a perfect church but but let us let's work together to help each other to grow spiritually to to develop our our, our spiritual walk to, to to sustain revival and renewal and so let's work together what's that look like uh, there's a lot of things that, where we could help you uh, develop relationships. So we have, that's why we have these section communities, because we want to help you to make connections, to fi- help you find places to get engaged. And so talk to your section leader. Well, how, could they, how could they help you? If you're online, talk to that person that's, that's, that's helping to, to host the room today. How could you get engaged and involved? Maybe there's a class. Maybe there's a, a, a relationship you could develop. What could you do to leverage the body of Christ? If you're out of town, go on our internet campus so you can stay connected to the body of Christ. Make a commitment to be here so you can be together with the body to grow and to mature in your faith. On Wednesdays, we have uh, in the sanctuary, on the end of the building, we have a, a service where we just, where it's, it's, it's pretty simple. We're just uh, worshiping and praying together right before all the other classes and stuff get started. So come to that and let's just kind of seek after the Lord together. Leverage the body of Christ, the church. The third thing would be to pursue ways to give. Uh, Think about ways to... I mean, we are never more like Christ than we are giving ourselves away. When we're finding ways to be engaged. So what's that look like? To to love, to serve, to give of ourselves, to give of our resources. It's not just financial, but financial is a part of it. That when we, when we, uh, we are blessed and God blesses us with stuff and then to, to have the spiritual discipline of, you know what, it's not all about me. And so I recognize that everything I have comes from God. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have the spiritual discipline of giving part of that. And we call it tithing right here. I'm going to give part of that back. There's a discipline there that helps us. Or, or what's it look like for us to, to find a ministry maybe within the walls of the church or outside the walls of the church where we can give our lives back to serve people, to love people. I've, I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm a, I'm a jobs for life coach, and I'm excited about it. I'm, I, I've, I've met my mentee, mentoree, or whatever, yeah, whatever that word is, um, uh, and, and I'm excited about developing this relationship. I try to be helpful and, and to make a new friend in the community that I can help in, in a practical way. What's it look like for you? Pursue ways to give back. 
And then another thing would be to, uh, practically would be to celebrate God's fingerprints. If you're paying attention, God is all around you. And God's fingerprints are all around uh, your life and in this world. And if you're paying attention, there's some great encouragement. As you think about sustaining and, and uh, revival and renewing your, renewal in your life, then begin to look for and to try to find those fingerprints of God at work in your life. Another practical suggestion would be to, to do consistent spiritual evaluation. We've talked about the important place that confession and conviction plays in our lives. And what we see in Paul, what we talked about today, is he says, you know what, I haven't, I'm not totally perfect. I, I have growth. I, I have things that I could do better. And so this that continual introspection of, God, what is going on in my life that maybe that I need to get rid of or do differently or, or adopt or, or whatever? Be willing to do consistent spiritual evaluation and finally to create the necessary margin so that God can work in your life. You say, well, I don't have time. I don't have time really for church. I don't have really time for prayer. I don't have time for getting God's word. I don't have time for those kind of things. Friends, it's in the margins that God really has the ability to connect with us and speak to us and grow us. And so what does it look like for us to make some time to create some margin? We will find the time for what matters, matters most. Are you willing to find the time? And what did, what did Paul say? He said, this is the one thing I do. It's the most important thing that I do. And so what if, if that became the thing that we did first, that on our calendar, in our planner, the thing that we did first is we planned some, some time, some margin for a relationship with God. What gets our attention ultimately determines our direction in life. And so what if we allowed God to have our attention in some margin that we have created for him? I love what Paul said as our worship team comes back up as we conclude today. Paul said, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Some of you are here today and you are, amen, yes, I'm on board. I, I'm excited about what God's doing in my life. I'm, I'm excited about renewal and revival and I want to keep seeking. And I'm going to keep pressing. I'm going to keep sustaining. And I hope today that you have been encouraged, that the fire just got turned up just a little more for you to in this year to put some practical things into place, but to continue to seek after and to strive after God. And so God bless you. I want to encourage you today. I want to pray for you today in just a minute. Secondly, there's some of you that when we talk about this stuff, you're like, when can we move on to something else? And you're kind of thinking, you know what? I, I'm, I, you, know, I, you know, I'm a follower of Jesus, but, but, but I, you know, I'm not really excited. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, my spiritual life, it's, it's, it's kind of dull. Kind of, I don't have a whole lot of life there, if you're honest. And so today, the, the challenge, I want to pray for you in just a minute, but the challenge that I want to give to you today is to ask God to light your fire. And I want to challenge you to create some margin so that God could, could light the fire, that you would, you would begin to do some things even though you don't want to, even though you don't have that, that will to necessarily at this moment for whatever reason, but that you make a decision today. But God, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to, by faith, I'm going to, I'm going to hope that you, that you renew my spirit, that you restore the joy, as David said, of my salvation, and I'm going to seek you. And as you do that, God didn't leave us alone. He gave us our great help, my Holy Spirit. And I want to invite you to ask for the Holy Spirit to pour into your life 
and to renew the joy of your salvation so that you want to be on fire for him. And there's a third group, and I want to have the privilege of praying for you. And you're those people today that have just recognized that you're not in a relationship with Christ, really. You don't really maybe totally understand what all that means or looks like. But you know that God is working and God's been drawing. And so today, you by faith are going to make a decision. You know what? I, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm all in. I'm going I'm to make a decision to follow Christ. And today is your day. And I want to encourage you as I pray for you to cross that line of faith and put your trust in Jesus. Heavenly Father, God, those three different groups we talked about, those that are on fire, those that are kind of, uh, kind of been burned out and they're kind of, kind of, there's not, the fire's just kind of been extinguished in their life spiritually. And for those who have never really had a relationship with you, God, I just want to pray for folks today. And God, I thank you for those people that are on fire for you. And they're excited about what you are doing. And I just want to pray that you sustain and, and continue to revive and renew them and bless them as they seek you. And it's going to be exciting to see what, God, you do in, over the next year in their lives. And God, for that second group that's kind of been dry and kind of in that, in that period in their life where there's not a lot going on spiritually and they're kind of down and they kind of look back and kind of used to be more fired up than they are today. God, I pray in Jesus' name that you would help them. You would pour your spirit out in them. That you would help them to just be open to what, God, you want to do in their lives. Help them to find some margin for them to seek after you. And God, I pray that you would answer the, the desire of their heart, even though they're, maybe it's, it's not quite there yet, that you would restore the joy of their salvation as they ask you in faith for maybe even something they don't even feel quite yet. But I pray, God, you begin to pour your spirit out on them today. And finally, our friends that are here in this room today, and they haven't yet crossed that line of faith, but today is their day. And God, you've been working in their life. You, maybe a friend brought them, or maybe a family member, or maybe they come on their own. But, but God, today that, that you've been working, that you see the difference that Christ has made in other people's lives, and, and you want that, and, and you don't get it all. But God, today, I, I just pray for that individual that today is saying, yes, I recognize that I'm a sinner. I recognize I can't continue to do life on my own, that I want Christ in my life. Thank you, God, for what Christ did for me. And I confess my sin. I cross that line of faith. God, thank you for what you're doing in that heart, that life, as you restore them. As they, like my son who was just scooped up by his mom, I pray, Father, that they would help, help them just to sense that they've been scooped up by Jesus today. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing in this place. Help us to sustain the downpour. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Won't you stand with us as we sing a final song today? And you just celebrate the Savior today as we sing this final song.
It's a great song that uh, reminds us of what our prayer uh, can be as we leave this place. Uh, thanks for being with us. Uh, if you're here, maybe for the first time, maybe you come a few times, uh, or if you're with us by internet and for the first time, I encourage you to kind of get to know the people around you. And we have section leaders. Please stop by at the back of the room. We've got a little uh, section community kind of gatherings. There's coffee and donuts, and they've got a gift. And so please stop by. Uh, they're a great source to let you know how to, you might get involved. And even if you're not new, but you want to know how to get more involved here at First Church and leverage the church, as we uh, talked about, make sure that you stop by. They'd be a great help to you. I'm going to be here in the front. And today, if, uh, as we talked about what it looks like for you to have a personal relationship with Christ, um, if, that's, if you'd like to talk to somebody about what that looks like for you personally, I would love, love, love to have a chance to talk to you. And even if you're kind of still on the journey and want to just talk about it a little bit, i uh, love to do that uh, with you today. Lord, bless you as you go. Uh, go be the church. Uh, we'll look forward to seeing you next week. God bless.